Welcome to the third episode of Landed, Stories of Newcomers. This podcast is created by Global Cleveland, an organization that attracts, welcomes, and connects international newcomers to economic, social, and educational opportunities in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County. In this episode, we speak to Lean Ajluni, an incredible woman from Jordan who made a home for herself in Cleveland, but because her green card expired, she was forced to leave the U.S. I'll now hand it over to Joe Simperman, Global Cleveland President, who had the opportunity to speak with Lean about her experience. Thank you for joining us for another one of our podcast installations. We are so thrilled today to have uh, an incredible guest and somebody who is known to many people in Cleveland. And for those of you who don't know her, you will soon, we hope, get a chance to know her. Uh, She's someone who's doing amazing things in the field of investing, in the field of technology, in the field of showing what it means to be a true success and a model for people uh, who are here in the United States, those who are born abroad as well as those who are born uh, here in the U.S. Uh, She's someone that Global Cleveland has gotten to know and um, we have gotten to love and we cherish her. And she's someone who is currently uh, uh, calling in to this podcast uh, from Jordan. And we're really thrilled today to introduce our very own Lean Ajluni. Lean, how are you? Oh, it's so kind, Joe. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So tell us what it's like right now where you are in Jordan. So it's getting a little colder. Winter just started as of yesterday. We actually had our first rainfall this season. So super exciting. As you know, the country is a little dry, so we always appreciate a little bit of rain. But I'm doing well. I'm with family currently back at home in Amman, Jordan, uh, really enjoying being at home, you know, some quality time with my family, with my parents, something I'll always cherish, but also hoping to be back to the U.S. fairly soon, <laughs> hopefully beginning of 2022. But overall, doing pretty well. Thank you, Lean. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What was it like uh, being a, a, a person uh, who was looking to be in the field of innovation and technology? What were your aspirations growing up? I mean, it just seems like for somebody who is so young, you've already accomplished so much. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I'm happy to share a little bit about my story. I'll take, I'll take a step back and start when I was 13, maybe, because I think my story really starts there. So, um, you know, I went to a traditional Jordanian school up until the age of 13. Uh, for m- m- many of you who don't know Jordan, Jordan is a small country in the Middle East. We have a population of 10 million. A lot of them are refugees. You know, we're in the middle of kind of a lot of economic crises, political unrest. But the country tends to be uh, at peace. We have some really good diplomatic relationships with many of the countries that are neighboring us. So I grew up in Jordan my entire life. And as I mentioned, up until I was 13, I went to a, a traditional Jordanian school. My goal was to become either a doctor or an architect. (laughs) I really liked science. I was very scientific, but I also was creative. So it's kind of one of those two fields. And really my goal was to do really well at school so I can get a full scholarship at college, uh, attend this university in Jordan, become one of the best doctors or architects and work at one of the best companies in the country. When I was 13, my mom was reading a newspaper one morning and she came across this small section in the, in the newspaper. And it said something about this American school in Jordan that wanted to give a full scholarship for four people in the country. So this would be a full six year scholarship to attend this American school that was traditionally only for diplomats and ambassador kids. So my mom, of course, someone who had a lot of ambitions and grand, grand visions for her children, uh, made me apply. 
And I was actually one of the lucky ones. I got this full scholarship, uh, changed my entire life. You know, it was a, a big turn point in my life. I went from a traditional Jordanian system, speaking Arabic every day, to meeting, um, you know, speaking in English, first of all, changing schools, but also being exposed to people all over the world. As I mentioned, those are dip, uh, diplomat children's, ambassador children's, people who come from different socioeconomic classes, from different backgrounds, uh, different cultures, different religions. So I was really exposed to a whole myriad of um, experiences and people. And so that was uh, my journey started there. You know, it was obviously a tough start. But as they say, when your starting point changes, your ending point starts to change, too. So now my ending point no longer wanted to be just to go to university in Jordan. I wanted now to attend an elite school in the U.S. I love the American education system. So my goal now was to uh, get a full scholarship to attend one of the best universities in the U.S., so for the next six years, I worked really hard to get a scholarship. And by 12th grade, I got a few offers from universities in the U.S. One of them called Smith College, uh, a women's college in Massachusetts, gave me a full scholarship. And that was the path I decided to go on. So I went and attended Smith College. That was my first time in the U.S. at the same time. I was 17 at the time, had never been outside uh, the Middle East, let alone come to the U.S. So I went to, I, I, you know, I went to Smith, traveled to the U.S., and... At Smith, again, my starting point changed, changed again. So my ending point now no longer wanted to be just to come back to Jordan and work, work there. Now I wanted to get a, a job in the U.S. Uh, as an international student, I knew about the challenges that would exist to get a job after graduating. But I was very determined to uh, get sc sponsored after graduating and figure out like a good career for myself in the U.S. So I majored in engineering, worked really hard for four years, uh, graduated in 2018. And then through my Smith connections, I got connected to uh, an organization in Cleveland. And at that time, I, had I didn't know anything about Cleveland. Didn't have any family, didn't have any friends. So one of my Smith friends had uh, worked at an organization called Biomotive. And for those of you who know Beju Shah, the founder of Google Cleveland, he was also the founder of Biomotive. Anyone who meets Beju is always compelled by his vision and energy. So um, I was very compelled by what I heard of him and you know, the, the vision behind Biomotive. So right after graduating, a day after graduating from Smith, I took the first flight to Cleveland. Uh, and started a new chapter here in the city. And obviously I was very drawn to Cleveland. There's a, lo there's a lot of reasons for why I am. I think it's a beautiful city with a lot of kind people. Um, you know, people really care. I think people have been very curious to know more about me, learn more about me as an international person. Uh, but really, I think there's been a lot of big turn points in my life throughout my journey in Cleveland. People have believed in me. They've given me jobs. They've connected me with people like Joe who have been just heroes in my chapters as I was trying to figure out how I can continue to stay in the city and continue to find my way in the U.S. Uh, but long story short, um, after, after working at Biomotive for a year and a half as a business analyst, um, I had a year and a half left under my visa. And just to give a little bit more context for those who don't know the immigration system, typically when you graduate from school as an international student, you get up to three years of work authorization. So I used a year and a, year and a half of that at Biomotive. And then after that year and a half, I knew I wanted to find my next thing. So I was looking for jobs. And because I only had a year and a half left, I really struggled. I was qualified, obviously, people wanted to give me interviews. I even got to a point where I was about to get an offer, but as soon as the HR or the manager learned that I only had a year and a half left under my visa, they would immediately just say, sorry, you know, for whatever reason, we just can't take you anymore. And so I really struggled, um, but then there was one organization, North Coast Ventures, my current employer, uh, they are a venture capital fund, uh, actually the, the largest angel fund in the country, one of the early state, one of the few early stage venture capital funds in Ohio. Uh, I got to meet up with them through a Smith Connection, again, my, my network helping me out. 
Um, and then uh, they, so they knew that they, they knew all about the risks uh, of my visa, but they saw something in me. They saw my DNA and they thought I would be successful in this role. So they took the chance on me and they gave me the offer knowing that I only had a year and a half under my visa. So fast forward to uh, the end of my visa, which was just a few months ago, uh, May 2021. Now my visa was about to expire. Um, and I'm going to give a little bit more uh, kind of um, some info about the immigration system again here, but just to kind of explain the whole story. So there's something called the H-1B system, which basically after you end your, your visa, your work authorization as an international student, this is the only way you can, you can extend your, your ability to, to work in the U.S. Now, the H-1B system happens to be this random lottery system. So it is not based on whether you're qualified, whether you've been left, you know, you've achieved a lot, your employer really wants you. They basically pick less than 20% every year and they give them this uh, extended visa to be able to work. So I applied to this H-1B lottery a few times, uh, two, two times in the past two years, and I was never one of the lucky ones. So back in, in May, I wasn't one of the lucky ones in 2021 either. So now I was faced with the challenge of what do I do? My employer really wants me. I love Cleveland. I want to stay in the U.S., but I can't because my visa is about to expire and there's literally no other way for me to be able to stay. Now, you, from what you know, I think, you know, I'm very determined and I'm going to go after every single opportunity that I can get. So uh, I was very lucky to have people like Joe and many other people in Cleveland who have been so supportive, really fought the fight with me, trying to find what options could exist for someone like me who, again, had a job offer, really liked to be Cleveland, but just couldn't stay. Um, there really wasn't much that we could do, uh, but we, we, we figured out that if I could leave, go back to Jordan, uh, work with North Coast online, I'm actually currently on the track to get a green card in the next few months. Uh, North Coast Ventures has sponsored me since day one for the green card, which is something that a lot of employers don't do. It's a very competitive process. Um, you know, you have to show that your, your candidate is an ex exceptional candidate. But I uh, have been very lucky to have had that started back in 2000, um, uh, 2020. And so um, I decided to go back to Jordan, uh, even though I was forced to leave the country, but I, I knew it was going to be worth a longer term and work remotely here until I'm able to come back on the green card. And so that's kind of my life in a nutshell in maybe two, three minutes, uh, Joe. But yeah, that's where I am today. And I hope to be back in the U.S. very soon, hopefully beginning of uh, 2022. Lean, thank you so much for that. And thank you for being the um, uh, just such a, a positive force of, of explaining uh, something that's both complicated mm -hmm. and, and we think overly uh, um, bureaucratic and we know that you know you are are working within the system uh, but you're clearly somebody who has made already a great impact in Cleveland uh, in the time that you've been here and you want to come back and and do even more and, and Cleveland is lucky that you have chosen us you, um, all the places that you could be uh, bringing your talents you're bringing them here in in your um, mind what kind of advice would you give lean for other people whether it be you know young women in tech and, and investing who are getting you know their their feet started to getting you know started getting going whether it's people who are coming here as newcomers you know you've got such a um, uh, you've got an experience that if somebody didn't know you or see you they would think that you were 80 years old uh, but you're not you're this young person with incredible wisdom and you've lived this experience what kind of advice would you give to people who might be tuning in who are interested in either the career fields or your own life experience as you've lived it yeah so I would say for, for people to be reminded that there's always a way you know I know for me I was battling against something that was truly outside of my control the immigration system is a very, as to your point earlier, bureaucratic, political, 
uh, very complicated. And you know, quite honestly, when I was going through this challenge, I didn't even know who to blame. I didn't know who to like, blame my fingers on, right? Because it would just seem to be like this huge thing that no single person was responsible for. So I'd, I'd remind people that there's always a way. For me, it meant leaving the country for a few months and then being able to come back. But because I'm so well connected to the community in Cleveland, I know when I come back, I'm going to make a home again. I know I'm going to be welcomed. I know I'm going to be able to give back. And I'm actually really excited to give back because I saw the people living there truly welcoming me, truly fighting the fight with me, as I mentioned earlier. And to me, that is the face of America that I want to remember. I don't want to remember what the administration's rules are. I don't want to remember that the fact that I, that I had to leave forcefully. I want to remember that there's really kind people in Cleveland specifically, but broadly in the U.S., who really care, who are going to be welcoming, and who are going to help me, you know, find a home in the U.S. longer term. Um, but you know, the challenges can, uh, to my point earlier, can be very challenging, can be very complex. And while it helps to, to talk to people, in my case, I had a lot of people that I could tap into for support mentally, for you know, connections. Um, sometimes it really comes down to those who have gone through what you've gone through. So I would encourage my, myself, anyone who's gone through what I've gone through or similarly, to be more open out, like to be exposed, exposing ourselves to those who are currently going through this. Because I think the more we can create these access points between those who are going to go through it, who are currently going through it, with someone who's been through it, the more we can figure out how we can create the right steps to, to help you know, the, the, the new people. So I'd say that from the perspective of immigration, that I'm more than happy to talk to anyone who, you know, is going through immigration issue, issues, who's predicting to be going through immigration issues at some point. I'd love to share what I've learned, everything that I've learned to date. Uh, but I know Global Cleveland is just a hub of resource when it comes to this. So I know Global Cleveland by itself has built a great community for everyone to really tap into and find like-minded individuals who have gone through similar experiences. On the tech and career side, Joe, I mean, similarly, I think, you know, I, I'm someone who always wants to pave my own way. Uh, if you look at my, my profile, you know, as an Arab woman, you don't see a lot of Arab women in venture capital, not alone, let alone venture capital in the United States. I actually have yet to meet another Arab young woman in venture capital in the U.S. And to me, you know, I take that as a challenge, but it's also very empowering because if I could do it, I know someone else is going to do it. And I know if they if that person knows that I exist, they're going to know more of what venture capital is. They're going to understand their abilities to get there, too. And for me, that's kind of the biggest change uh, agent is for us to be able to share our stories and let others know that we didn't think we would get here. But, you know, you have to believe in yourself. You have to pave your own way and don't let the traditional kind of conform, you know, profiles of what uh, the, career, the typical career profile needs to look like make you feel like you're not welcomed or you couldn't get to where you want to be. Thank you so much for that, Lean, and that, thanks for that insightful answer. Um, as you were talking, you know, I kept thinking about, um, you know, you've got this experience in terms of being in other places, other cities, East Coast at Smith, in Amman, uh, clearly you've traveled. Any advice um, for cities like Cleveland in terms of writing the narrative of being more welcoming, being more inclusive? Um, you know, you're very kind, but clearly there's things that you've seen in other places that maybe are good um, uh, goals for us to work toward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, I'm going to be honest here. You know, I, I love Cleveland, but I've noticed one thing maybe that uh, is a little different between maybe the Midwest and the coasts. I'd say people in Cleveland, maybe in the Midwest even, are very curious. And curiosity is great. People always ask me like, hey, I'd love to learn more about you. You're different. You know, you're whatever. Like, I'm, you know, I look different. I speak differently. I'm from a different culture. And I love that people are interested. But I think there's a fine line between curiosity and ignorance. And to me, I think that's where I would love for... For people just to be more well informed, first of all, about the different challenges that newcomers and immigrants face. 
because I think that makes it a lot easier when we share our stories, when we um, have our bad days, when we want help, like you'll be much more able to understand us and, and kind of figure out what we need if you understand the challenges macroeconomically and from a macro level better, right? Um, I'd say that, that that is kind of number one. Number two, I think there needs to be more forces uniting, I think. I think there's a lot of great people, a lot of different initiatives, but when you think of Cleveland, the first thing that comes to mind isn't going to be like, you know, the best city for newcomers or the best city for immigrants. And that might be why back at Smith, I had never heard about Cleveland. Because when I thought about cities that would be more welcoming to people like me, I thought of Boston or California that, you know, people here all the time, they recruit people from different cultures and different countries. So I think we want to change the narrative by, by, by kind of weaving those different um, forces that are working to create that narrative together and figuring out how we can um, become more vocal about our, our you know, per, um, reception to uh, immigrants, our uh, openness to welcoming them, um, you know, how, they, how they're going to find a home, how they're going to be supported, because it does exist. It's just not the narrative that people hear of outside. Really appreciate that, Lean. Thank you for that. Um, is there anything that you want uh, the people who are listening to this uh, to know? You're clearly somebody who, you know, we we support, we, we, you know, really appreciate you. But we also, you know, we follow you. You're a leader and you're somebody who, you know, can tell us a lot of things that, you know, maybe people need to hear. Is there anything that we didn't talk about in, in this cast here that we could uh, leave our listeners with some wisdom and parting words? <laughs> maybe, Joe, there's one thing I'd love to have ring in people's ears, especially those who our HRs, our managers, our employers, or even going to be us, you know, someday soon. The next time you, you screen candidates and you, you know, there's always a question about, do you need sponsorship? And for most companies, that's an automatic uh, filter out. You know, they need sponsorship. We don't even take a look at the rest of the application. Keep in mind that you're giving up on someone who otherwise could be a huge, uh, you know, asset for you. Someone who has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Sure, they need sponsorship, but if you invest in them, you might not only change their lives, you're going to change the potential of your organization, generations, you know, the community that they're living in. So just keep that in mind next time you use that question or you, or you use that question to filter candidates uh, in, your, in your process. I know a lot of employers mean well. They want to be more diverse. But then these little things like these questions and applications that are automatically going to disqualify some candidates are there. So be more mindful of how your process is disqualifying, is discouraging, is keeping talent away, you know, talent that's coming from different cultures, different uh, immigrant backgrounds. Because as I mentioned, you know, throughout my story today, uh, the, the reason I am where I am today is because people took chances on me. They took risks on me. And they knew, they knew I at some point could leave the U.S. But North Coast Ventures didn't, go, didn't give up on me just because of that. We found a way for me to work remotely and to, to come back sometime soon. The world is changing. You know, COVID has accelerated a lot of trends. And I think um, we, we, want to, we want to attract more talent from all over the world. So the more mindful we are of how our processes are a part of that, uh, the more we can create the change that we want to see. Lean, thank you so much for this time that you've shared with us. Thank you for choosing Cleveland and for giving us some good advice on how to be better. Um, we really appreciated uh, these few minutes that we had with you. Uh, and um, just want to say we cannot wait until you are back here on the great shores of Lake Erie here in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, to all of our listeners, um, I really hope you get a chance to meet Lean uh, because she so truly much. is one of the best people that we've had a chance to work with. And we're very grateful for that. Lean, thank you so, thank you so much. much. Can't wait to see what happens next. Appreciate you. And thank you so much for your kind time today. Thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. We want to thank Lean for sharing her story and wisdom. We hope to greet her in person in Cleveland very soon. 
As always, thank you for listening to Landed, Stories of Newcomers. If you would like to learn more about Global Cleveland, visit us at globalcleveland.org or follow us on our social media accounts at Global Cleveland. You can help us get the conversation started using the hashtag LandedPodcast. Thanks for listening.